And praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you tonight. Let's stand, if you would, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. We want to go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him to be with us tonight. Looking forward to a great Bible lesson that will be taught by Brother Gillenswan. This is a first in a series of four lessons on a Wednesday night that he's going to be teaching on spiritual warfare. And we are looking forward to hearing what he has to say. Amen. God bless Brother Gillenswan. We want to pray for um, those that are working and those that are ill, not able to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Uh, pray for uh, the Montgomery family. Uh, Brianna and her children are here tonight. Uh, Brother Kyle's uh, homegoing service is going to be on Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. And uh, the visitation is 4 o'clock to 8 o'clock on Friday evening. And that will be right here at Firstborn Ministries. So. Be praying for the family. Uh, we love the Montgomery family, and um, 
we know that God has been with them through this time, and he's going to continue to go with them uh, through this time as well. Amen. We want to pray for our nation, our nation. Uh, my heart is saddened by what I've seen today, and uh, uh, we want to pray for our nation that this violence that has gripped our nation for this past year, that God would bring an end to this violence, and that we would see cooler heads prevail, and men and women have peace in their heart. Let the church arise in this time and be the church that God has called them to be, demonstrating His power, His love, His mercy, and His goodness. And so we want to pray uh, for our nation. Amen. All right, let's lift our hearts and our, our voices in prayer. Ask God to be with us. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you tonight because you're the God of peace. You're the God of power. You're the God of holiness. And so, Lord, I pray for our nation tonight. Lord Jesus, the violence and the, that has racked our nation for this past year, I pray, God, that you would arrest the men and the women that are causing these disturbances. I pray, Lord, that you would come against that spirit of evil that, that is causing men and women to rise up against one another. I pray, Lord Jesus, tonight that you would just allow peaceful heads to prevail. I pray, Lord, for our government. I pray for those that are in offices that the hand of God would rest upon them. Lord, I pray for our police officers and, and all of the others that are involved in, in helping our nation at this time, that you would give them direction and that your hand would rest upon them. I pray, Lord Jesus, tonight that you would touch the Montgomery family, that you would be with them, Lord, on this Saturday and this Friday as they come together. I pray that you would send people in their path that would just give them, uh, give them strength and encouragement. But Lord, the greatest encouragement and strength they could get is from you. And we know that you have been there, Lord, these past several months. And we know that you're going to continue to be there. Thank you for supplying all of our need according to your riches and glory. We pray for those that are, that are suffering under this virus, God, that you would just bring healing unto them. We thank you, Father, for the men and the women that are working in the, the medical field to be able to minister to the people and helping to, to bring healing, Lord, by way of the of vaccination and other things. God, I pray for them tonight. Lord Jesus, be with us now as we enter into this service. Help us to lift our hands and our hearts to you. Touch Brother Gillenswan as he preaches the word and he teaches to us tonight. Touch our young men and young women as they are in class. Touch those, Lord Jesus, that are in children's ministry tonight as well. Give them great revival in those areas. And for that, we thank you and honor you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And I wonder if you would just lift a hand to the Lord and give him praise tonight for all he has done and all he is doing. Hallelujah. 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 We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. How many knows there's still power in the blood? Come on. How many knows there's still power in the blood? Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood.
so thankful that we don't have to be afraid because he's always with us. Thank you. If we could have the ushers come tonight. Thank you, Lord, for today, God. I thank you, Jesus, for the ability to come to your house and worship you freely, God. I pray that you will touch our country, that there will be peace that will sweep the nation because we know that you are the peacekeeper, God. Thank you, Lord, for everything you've done for us, and I pray that you will touch this offering and the rest of this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Cups overflow. 
the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, you always hold me close. You're my comfort. I'm not alone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You promise never to leave me, never to forsake me, Lord. And we praise you, Lord, tonight. And thank you, Lord. We praise you when we thank you tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. What a beautiful presence of the Lord is here tonight in this place. Wow. What a beautiful presence of worship is in the house tonight. Thank you, musicians and singers, for leading us into the presence of the Lord tonight. God bless you all. Amen. Amen. We're so happy to have guests with us tonight couple brothers here from Texas, uh, an assistant pastor, and uh, they, they both are, are truckers traveling across the country, and uh, so we're so glad that they're here with us tonight. God bless you, my brothers. Amen. Amen. Other guests who are here tonight, we're glad that you are here. Uh, Sister Jeannie, you probably want to talk to them. They didn't realize that we had a trucker's chapel, so this is the lady... Her and her husband are in charge of Trucker's Chapel, all right? Also, yeah, Sister Jeannie and then Brother Dwayne, let's give them a hand. Amen. 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 Good to see some of you back from vacation. You've been out of town. Glad that you're back. And uh, welcome back home. And then also, we're glad to have Brother Isaac with us tonight. I would, I would like to say that he came up to see me and to be in church with us tonight. But actually, he came up. Today is Destiny Noel Maynard's 20th birthday. 20th birthday. And used to they sing this song. Oh, happy birthday to you. Oh, happy birthday to you. May you day of the year. May you feel Jesus near. Oh, happy birthday to you. Oh, happy birthday to you. And the best one that you've ever that's how we used to do it in old school. <laughs> Amen. So wish her a happy birthday. And uh, if you have any money, give it to me because I've been out a whole lot, all right? Don't give it to her. Give it to me. I'm just kidding. I'm so glad that you're here tonight. Amen. And we are in for a treat. Looking forward to hearing Brother Gillen Swan, one of our ministers in this congregation. He's going to come and he's going to share with us. And then there's also a, a Through the Bible class that will be in the conference room. Those of you that have been a part of that, you know who you are. Go back there. And uh, Sister Pingle has been teaching that class. And uh, they're going to be going right now. Brother Gillen Swan, let's welcome him. And let's give him a warm welcome tonight. Thank you for being here, Brother Gillen Swan. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. This is our second service of 2021. Amen. Uh, 2020 was mean to us. And not only to us, but to, uh, I believe, the whole world. Amen. Uh, our first service, uh, Pastor Anthony spoke to us about becoming poor, pursue, overcome, and recover all. Amen. And I got excited when I heard about that. Uh, he had no idea what I was going to speak about, and I don't believe uh, Senior Pastor Maynard uh, knew either. Uh, we first started talking about this in, I uh, believe, September. And we were going to do it in October and then in November. And, and then we were uh, going to start in December. But uh, that was our plan. I believe God's plan was for us to start in 2021. And I believe that uh, he gave me something to help us to prepare to pursue overcome and recover. Amen. We need to get some things back. And when I began to think about these lessons, uh, my first inclination was to set the stage by saying, we are living in a time when the morals of our society have never been on a greater decline. We are living in a time when violence corruption, deceit, 
and misconception has never been more rampant. We are living in a time when our world has never had a greater need to fight a spiritual battle against even evil. I, I was going to say that, and uh, I guess I just did. But that's not uh, uh, completely accurate. Because ever since the creation, mankind has been at war with the world, the flesh, and the devil. And the war continues in our time here and now. On April 21st, 1836, General Sam Houston at the Battle of San Jacinto rallied his men with cries of remember the Alamo and remember Goliad. They were former battles of the Texas Revolution. In 1 Samuel 17, 29, it was the young shepherd boy David that cried, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? when he showed up on the battlefield and was scolded by his older brother only to defeat the giant Goliath. And in Ephesians 6.11, it was the Apostle Paul that sounded the battle cry on behalf of you and me when he said, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For the next four weeks, we're going to explore Ephesians chapter 6. It is one of the most powerful supernatural revelations made to the church of Jesus Christ. Millions of people live in perpetual defeat and humiliation because they do not understand Ephesians 6 or spiritual warfare. Why is it that some people struggle and never reach their goals? Why is it that some people are perpetually frustrated with sickness and financial problems and pressure and strained relationships and emotional crises and they never seem to arise from it? Why is it that other people seem to have continued success without any effort at all? why others are crushed by what seems like an endless occurrence of unexplained tragedies. Why is it? The answer is found in Ephesians chapter 6. Tonight's lesson is fight to win. When is the last time that you were involved in a fight? Now, I'm not talking about a physical fight with punching and kicking and screaming and biting. When is the last time you had an encounter with the powers and the principalities of darkness? When is the last time you came in conflict with the prince of darkness? I think that we could all say every day. Some of us were brought up with the idea that fighting should be the exception. That's wrong. Every day of our life, we are involved in an emotional, mental, and spiritual fight. We are either going to win and be the victor, or we're going to lose and be the victim. We're going to live in shame and despair, or we're going to have the shout of victory in our mouth. And the choice is ours. Some of us are constantly defeated by worry and by depression and by fear and uncontrolled anger, guilt, resentment, and bitterness. Some of us have a life that's filled with a lack of self-confidence. The problem a lot of the time is that we don't know who our enemy is and, and we don't know how to fight and we don't know how to win. Our goal should be, instead of a spectator on the sidelines, to be transformed into a warrior for God. It's not that we don't have strength, and it's not that we're not strong enough. It's just that we don't know how to use the strength that God has given us. 
If we would take advantage of the wisdom that's found in Ephesians chapter 6, we would get up in the morning and face our problems with a whole different attitude. Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13 and 17. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. And verse 17 says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. It sounds like a lot of what's happening in this day, doesn't it? This was written, amen, in, uh, by Paul in the New Testament. Uh, Paul begins Ephesians 6 and 10 by saying, finally, my brethren. I don't think that Paul is trying to tell us that finally I'm done writing the book of Ephesians. I think what he's saying here is that finally I've written chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. And now I can tell you why I've written the whole book of Ephesians. To tell you that the church is the assembly. The church is the family, and the church is the temple of God and the bride of Christ. But finally, I'm telling you that the real picture of the church in the New Testament is of the victorious army of the living God. I believe that Paul is saying, I know the bride is a lover and that the army is a fighter. And some of us are more lovers than fighters. But we're going to have to become a victorious army if we're going to survive in the last generation. We are led by Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. He is the captain of our salvation. He is the Lord of hosts. He is Jehovah Jireh. He'll provide for each and every one of us. He is the conqueror of death hell in the grave. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. His name in the Hebrew is El Shaddai, which means almighty. There is none like unto him. He is the king of kings, and the victory is ours through Christ the Lord. We are to be what he is, not a bunch of pacifists that are defeated by every adversary, but conquerors. Paul said we are more than conquerors. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to quit walking around in circles, wondering where Satan is going to attack next. It's time for the church to be what Jesus Christ intended it to be, a victorious army, a combat-ready army, attacking the powers and principalities of darkness with such fierceness, with such unity, the devil is walking the back alleys of hell saying, I wonder when the blood-bought church of Jesus Christ and those warriors wearing the whole armor of God are going to stop attacking me. The victory is theirs and I am defeated. Put on the whole armor of God. Say that with me. Put on the whole armor of God. Paul is saying, fight to win. This is the call to battle. We are at war. We are at war. We are at war. We are at war with the world, the flesh, and the devil. There's no compromise with it. There's only victory over it. Listen to what Paul says. Fight the good fight of faith. Endure hardships as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The church in America does not want to hear about hardship. They want to hear about love and peace, and brotherly love. <coughs> Excuse me. They want to avoid the battles and the weariness of war. 
There's a big question that we need to consider. If strict discipline is necessary in the arts, if strict discipline is necessary in athletics, in academics, how can the army of Jesus Christ expect to wage an effective warfare against Satan and darkness when the army of Christ lacks disciplined warriors who are not afraid of conflict and are not ready to fight? We must come to the point and place where we are ready to fight and we're not looking for approval from the secular humanist. We're not looking for approval from CBS, NBC, or ABC, or CNN. We're looking for approval from Jesus Christ, and we wage war in his holy name. The church is not a social club. The church is the recruiting station for the army of God. The church is where we go to recover from our wounds and heal our scars. The church is where we go for a refreshing and a renewing of the Holy Ghost. The church is where we go to regroup and prepare for the next onslaught of attacks. We must be ready, willing, and able to fight. Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1 and 18, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war good warfare, fight to win. You can hear the called arms. You can hear the trumpet blowing. You can hear the slashing of the swords. You can hear the clashing between light and darkness. <coughs> the church is not a punching bag for Hollywood's hellraisers trying to destroy traditional family values. They might not be able to convince you and I about the life of Jesus Christ, but they just might get to our children. We need to avoid that. We need to fight to win. We are the army of the living God. We are the conquering victorious army of God. Our objective is victory. Our mission is to pull down the strongholds of sin and Satan. Pull down the strongholds of humanism. Pull down the strongholds of witchcraft. Pull down the strongholds of abortion and pornography and homosexuality and attack the power and principalities of darkness and to win the victory. We are the victors and the victory is ours through Christ at, made possible at Calvary. When you read Ephesians 6, immediately you notice this armor that there is no protection for the back. <clears throat> I've heard uh, uh, many say that uh, there's no protection for the back because <clears throat> God has our back. Uh, I believe that. But the reason there's no protection for the back is because the only position for the body of Christ is forward march. We are an army, and an army fights. No battle was ever won on the parade ground. It was won in the trenches and in hand-to-hand -hand combat. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ, you are in the army of the living God, and you are in the army for the duration you stop the fight when you walk through the gates of heaven and not a minute before. I'm going to say what Pastor Anthony said on Sunday. My last breath on earth is my first breath in heaven. Then I retire from the fight. You know, it's sad to say that there are some people that are traitors to Jesus Christ. 
James 4 and 4 says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is enemy of God. Compromise with an enemy is high treason before the courts of heaven. Second Corinthians, Corinthians 6 and 17 says, Wherefore come out among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Second Corinthians 6 and 14, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with dark? Listen to what Paul says to the church in 2 Timothy 4 and 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Paul is saying, I fought and I won. Hell threw everything it had at me, and I'm still standing. Some Christians will say, fighting is unlike Jesus. Jesus is peaceful, loving, and kind. But in Matthew 21, 12, we see the fighting side of Jesus. Verse 12, and Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves." Not like Jesus, he is peaceful and loving. But he also stands on the word of God, and that's what he expects you and me to do, fight to win. Listen to what Revelation chapter 19, uh, 11 says. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Not like Jesus. Verse 12, his eyes were as fl a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the, the winepress." of fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Put on the whole armor of God. When you look at this armor, there is the helmet of salvation, which is hope. The breastplate of righteousness, loins gird with truth, feet shod with the gospel of peace, the sword which is the word of the living God, and the shield of faith. We'll talk about these as we, uh, as we study spiritual warfare. Tonight, we'll look at the helmet of salvation. Again, notice that there is not one piece of this armor that designed to take protect the back and it is presented as an, an armament of defense and the sword the sword of the spirit is the only weapon of offense it is the word of God the word of God divides truth from untruth the word of God is alive it is powerful Satan fears it every demon in hell trembles when you quote it 
It is the living water. It is the bread of life. It is the light of the world. We need to love it. We need to read it. We need to use it because it's powerful. We don't need to defend it. We don't need to argue about it. Use it. (laughs) When Satan comes and tries to manipulate your life, to destroy your health, to destroy your finances, to rob you of your peace because his mission is to rob and to kill and to destroy. Don't pick up the word of God and try to explain it. Use it. Quote it to him. Drive him out of your life through the power and authority of Jesus Christ. In the theater of your mind, step into hell right now. And if you could see Satan down there right now, he's looking up at this congregation. He's looking up at you and me and all the believers around the world saying, look at them, demons. Look at all those people in the church. They have all the armor. They have all of it. I had it at Calvary. I was the strong man. But at Calvary, Jesus Christ, who was the stronger, took all of my armor and he gave it to the church. The Son of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the bright and morning star, the fairest of 10,000. He stripped me and gave it to them. We were defeated forever. And they have all the armor. The problem is, is that we have to put this armor on. What is the armor? The armor is the applied word of God. It protects the mind, heart, and soul, and body. Put on the whole armor of God. What is the helmet of salvation? The helmet of salvation is hope. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 8. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for an helmet the hope of salvation. Helmet, the protection for the mind, is hope. Psalm 31 and 24 says, Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Romans 8 and 24, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope for what a man seeth. Why doth he get hope for? We have hope as the anchor of the soul. Hope is the expectation that good things are going to happen to me based on the Word of God and based on historical facts. Hope is not an illusion to the world. Hope is an illusion. To believers, hope is based on fact. It's based on precedent. Based on precedent... That is, uh, supported by the Word of God. First Thessalonians 4 and 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the th- trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Make no doubt about it. There's going to be a meeting in the air, and that meeting is going to take place whether we're ready or not. And in order to make it, we're going to have to defeat the devil. I say to you tonight, remember the Alamo. Is there not a cause? Put on the whole armor of God. Pursue, overtake, 
and recover all. God bless you all. That was awesome, Brother Gillenswan. Let's give the Lord and Brother Gillenswan a hand one more time. Amen. Wow, I enjoyed that. What a great start to a four-part series. We're looking forward to hearing uh, the rest of that Bible lesson in the next uh, three weeks coming up. And uh, we enjoy that so very, very much. I'm, matter of fact, I'm gonna, I've written down a quote that you had, and uh, I thought it was tremendous. I, I don't know that I've ever heard it before. He said, the Bible. He said, let's stop defending it. Let's stop, uh, stop arguing about it, and let's just use it. What a statement. That was awesome. Man, hallelujah. Let's just use it. Let's just use it. And if we'll do that, We'll have all the tools we need to defeat the devil every single time. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight? Thank you so much, Brother Gillen Swan, for sharing with us the Word of God tonight. Amen. On spiritual warfare. God has made us to be victorious. God has not made us to be a victim. Now, you may have been victimized in your life in times past, but I'm here to tell you that you do not have to be a victim the rest of your life. You do not have to live a victim's mentality. And all of, that all begins with you. As you look to the Lord and you say, Lord, I've had some things happen to me that I don't like. But Lord, that was then and this is now. And I'm going to move forward in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll never forget a funeral service that I conducted for an individual. And the, the person that had passed away they had gone through tragedy after tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. And it was their parents. It was a younger, uh, younger man, I believe it was. And it was their parents that said these words. They said, they said that this man, his life was filled with tragedy. But he was never a tragedy himself. He had tragic circumstances. But this man was never a tragedy. And I want you to know that you might have gone through tragic circumstances and you might have been victimized in times past, but you are not a victim and your life is not tragic. God cares for you and God loves you and God will see you through anything that you've ever gone through or ever will go through, but you've got to fight the good fight of faith. Remember, I was in a service one time, and the evangelist, he had just finished preaching. It was Doug Kleindens, as a matter of fact. Doug Kleindens was here, and he began to pray with people that came up uh, for prayer after the service. And I, I thought he was a little bit rude. So, Brother Kleindens, if you're watching tonight, I'm, I know you're not rude, but I thought this was a little bit rude when I first heard it. But after I thought about it, I said, this was exactly right on. And he was praying for this individual, and he'd been praying for maybe a minute or two, and suddenly he just stopped praying. He stopped praying, looked at him. He said, now, if you're not going to pray for yourself, I'm not going to pray for you either. And he said, don't expect me to pray for you harder than you pray for yourself. He said, if you'll pray hard for yourself, I'll be right in there and I'll pray hard with you. And so I want to tell you today that if you will live for God hard for yourself and you will chase after Him and you, you will pray hard for yourself, then we're going to be right there with you and we're going to pray just as hard with you and we're going to watch what the Lord will do in your lives. But the key is you've got to fight that good fight of faith and you've got to lay hold on that eternal life which the Bible says you will do. Father, we thank you tonight for the Word of God. Thank you for Brother Gillis Swan and the insight and the wisdom that he imparted to us this evening. I believe, Lord, that as your word was preached, as your word was taught, that something was loosed in this house to be able to enable the people of God to be able to live more victorious than they ever have. 
You said in your word, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so, Lord, as the word was taught, faith was loosed in this house. And now we have a decision to be able to do something with that faith. Our choice, Lord, is to allow that faith to cause us to stand up once again, just one more time, and fight like we've never fought before in order to receive that victory, Lord. I thank you for that. I thank you for every man and woman who is here. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that as the word was preached, as the word was taught, Lord, they've gotten a hold of that. That word was like seed that went down into their heart and is springing up and is becoming many more fold than it was. It's producing some wonderful things. Lord, that challenge that the men and the women have had, whatever that is in times past, Lord, is loosening its grips upon them even now. That depression, that discouragement, that remembrance, Lord, that experience that has been so negative, Lord, is loosening in their lives. And as they fight against those things, let them know they're not fighting from a place of defeat. They're fighting from a position of victory. For greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Now I pray a blessing upon every man and woman that has heard this lesson tonight. Lord, I pray that the peace of God that passes all understanding would rest in their hearts. May the joy of the Lord become our strength. May that which we have received from you cause us to rise up and to be the salt and the light, Lord, that would represent you in the midst of this darkened and this bland world. Thank you for hearing us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I wonder one more time if we could raise a hand and just thank God for his word. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your word, Lord. I receive your word tonight, Lord Jesus. I receive and I respond to it tonight, Lord Jesus. I want to take hold of it tonight. Let it find a place to lodge in my heart.
our prayers tonight. Go in the peace of God, the power of the Holy Ghost. We'll look forward to seeing you this weekend. Hope you have a good rest of the week. Peace and safety to our brothers that are driving the trucks and traveling as well. To all of our guests that were here tonight, we're so glad that you were here tonight. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.